morning and welcome to the Capital Gang. I am Oscar Semeyam Soke and this morning Ibra Semuju Honorable has come in very hungry because he's in a competition. But how can you supply tea and mandas and you complain when people I'm not tea? complaining, I'm complimenting you. No. Usually you say that Wafono Pondo is one who comes hungry. But today you have started straight away. Well, he started 20 minutes ago. <laughs> if I don't start, he will finish everything. <laughs> <laughs> I have not really touched anything. <laughs> Only one man does. You, you are taking advantage of the fact that the listeners can't see. Yeah. They can't see the table. <laughs> but you have two mandas in your hand, hands already. <laughs> So good morning, oh oh. Good morning. Good. Yes, good morning, Honorable Katesh Shumba. Katesh. Thank you very much. Good morning. Uh, and and all the listeners. Yes, thank you. And good morning to you, Dr. Yusuf Serunkuma. Yes, uh, has, has, has he been restored the back to? Yes, to he's a. Uh, yeah. What is that? I thought he had been thrown out. Oh, just had a disagreement. Yeah. Mm. What is wrong with the <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're complaining about Mamdan. What had that been? <laughs> Mamdan, is, Mamdan is, is not only CBR. He's so many things. Is he still there? <coughs> he's, he had left. Uh, yeah. Well, his ghost remained. He's still ruining lives at Miser. But <laughs> you know, I'm asking Mamdan is the person, not the ghost. Has the Mamdan the, the person left? We shall not talk about Mamdan today. <laughs> especially with Yusuf Serunkuma here. Um, so, uh, of, uh, oh, oh. Yes. the president spoke the other night and the main topic was uh, security or insecurity. And he was saying these are easy things to manage. You agree with him? I do, yes. Uh, the president, <coughs> as you know, he had addressed the country on 30th of June soon after the incident in Kasese where Allied Democratic Front killed students. Mm. At that time, you remember, he said that he, he had uh, received a late communication <coughs> that the military and police delayed to respond. Uh, subsequent to that, the Americans and the British embassies here issued terror alerts and then our own Uganda police force also issued a terror alert. And because of the nature of the communication, particularly from the Uganda police force, uh, my young brother Enanga and, uh, and Onyango, they paint with a thick brush. <laughs> and I think they left the public wondering are we really safe? So the present communication was yes to confirm that there are terrorist threats from different groups, but mainly <coughs> ADF. However, he said it does not warrant the people to panic. And remember, even on the address of 30th June, the RDC and this of Chegegua had declared the curfew in Chegegua. They banned night activities, uh, night movement, uh, discos, parties, and things like that. And the president revoked that, said there is no need 
to freeze night activities. And I want to appeal, I want again to repeat to them that uh, even when there are these threats, even actual uh, bombing or abduction, unless otherwise the president says, life should continue normally. So the president was there to confirm that yes, the threats exist, but also to calm the country and calling for vigilance at all levels, at the individual personal level, when you are moving, when you join a group, particularly a group of people you don't ordinarily know, when you join congregations, could be religious congregations, could be funeral, could be political rallies, and so on and so forth. Let us be vigilant. Uh, markets, and then he gave advice on places that have uh, entrances, that have enclosures. Can we, as far as practicable, ensure that we check all the people as they enter and remain vigilant so that we are able to be safe? And then he gave <coughs> two incidences over the last week, the one at Miracle Church in Robaga, and then somewhere in Bunamwaya, in Robaga, items were recovered, IEDs, and detonated. And in Rubaga, uh, suspect terrorist people were arrested. And so, really, that was his communication, mainly to calm the population. First of all, to say, yes, threats exist, but does not warrant the kind of panic that these three alerts of the Americans, of the British, and of, of our own police had raised. And so we want to appeal to the people to, to, to be vigilant, really. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, Honorable Kate Shumba? Yeah, uh, first of all, I think uh, I, was, I listened to the president, and uh, he was very right to come out and, <coughs> and uh, give that address. Because uh, when the alerts came out, uh, some of our friends tried to politicize the, the threats. First of all, claiming that uh, it is a precursor to stop the ongoing uh, country tours, that they have issued threats so that uh, then uh, police can be able to stop the activities or the political activities taking place. Uh, then, and other insinuations, as usual, for people who just uh, do not. Uh, I think we joke around with issues of security. And uh, first of all, security is a common good. There is no one who would appreciate a situation where uh, insecurity becomes a very big problem. I remember last time when we had bombings, our colleagues in parliament, even those who talk so much, everybody was campering for the closest way to, to reach home. So security is is a common good now. So when alerts come out and I have a, an, an issue with the way they are they are communicated, I'll talk about it. The first thing is to not to take things for granted. Because the president was able to lay out first of all, is there a threat? Yes, it is there, the ADF. 
Are we at war with ADF? Yes, we are at war. Uh, are we have we been hit before? Definitely, we have been hit before. Is ADF gaining momentum? Certainly no. And I think the president was able to elaborate. Are the measures that have been put in place sufficient and foolproof? I believe the security has tried. And there is no country in the world that has been, uh, that can claim sufficient foolproof against any threat, especially for terrorism, because even they might have been hit and challenged. So for me, the address by the president came at the right time. First of all, to calm down the tensions, the threats, uh, I mean the, the anxiety. For us who are in business, particularly in the uh, hospitality industry, threats like this immediately result in two negative consequences for business. And uh, of course, I remember I was telling the colleagues that we just need some breathing space. You know, one issue after the other. Then you see cancellations, people being apprehensive. Uh, we've been arranging some uh, high-end uh, uh, operators from one of the countries in, uh, in Europe to come soon. And immediately the threats came out. I got communication from the embassy there that people are discussing, reconsidering the visit to Uganda. And so, His Excellency, the President, coming out to, first of all, list down the measures that are being taken, but also urging the public, in a very simple way, to be vigilant. Because security is for all of us. To be vigilant, I think, was very necessary. Finally, on the communication, I, I do appreciate the security forces, the intelligence. They do a lot of work. But I think... The people who communicate sometimes they need to have uh, economics, an economic perspective in their communication. Because if you wake up and give a blanket statement without understanding that your budget comes from the revenue that comes from increased economic activities in the country, and then your statement is not properly explained and creates a situation where some people have to reconsider doing business or coming into the country, then you leave, you, you, it's like a, an own goal. So I want to really urge our communicators, uh, who has talked about them, that as you communicate, just have the, the have, have, a, have a lens of how do you explain your communication in a way that it is effective, but it comes down the situation, and it is not appearing as if it is uh, Uganda is at war. Because very many countries face what we go through, but they manage the communication. Uh, there must be some element of hope and good news in your communication, not just uh, something that will, will, will create panic and uh, anxiety. Mm. Yes, sir. Just there before. <coughs> other things Uganda towards the end of this year we are hosting two important meetings we are hosting the I think parliamentary Pan-African Parliament. Commonwealth Union we have the Pan-African Parliament yes and as well the Commonwealth, the Commonwealth presiding officers presiding officers yes and then I think we are going to have seven seven plus one yes meeting so 
our colleagues in communication, we who are in communication, we need to be cautious of that. And we are just coming from the pandemic. Yes. Uh, our country, these people of the oil industry have just made a decision to invest here, which was a, which is a vote of confidence. Then the, the other one is just to respond to him. As a result of that, we are convening a meeting of principal communicators of government on Tuesday to put our heads together, we hope we shall build a convergence, particularly with our colleagues in security, to ensure that going forward, we communicate better, mm. <clears throat> like I said. So we hope the meeting of Tuesday will be more, will be productive. Katesh, you want to add on one thing? And, and oh, oh, I think it should be across government, because, you know, Two days ago, I just saw a tweet, a, a message from uh, from BBC, again from one of a, 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 an officer in government, you know, who, who, made, who made statements that, you know, ARVs in Uganda are being fed <laughs> on pigs and, uh, and animals. And immediately, you know, it went viral across and uh, people started asking, you know, in, in, in our language, yes. we have... Uh, we have a proverb. Katesh, you're not being fair. The, 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 the officer said, I have been keeping quiet about it for 10 no, years. No, let me tell you, Oscar. We have a, <laughs> we have so a proverb which says... So you cannot say it was just quickly Which, which says... That to, to pass an awful gas while eating, you too are a beneficiary. <laughs> no. You see, you cannot be here. You make a responsible statement. How many pigs have been fed? Or how much poultry? That's a very, very wild statement. That can because when you say it as a blanket statement, the whole world starts thinking that you know we have uh, animal feed in the form of, uh, of, of what, and it has an impact on tourism. But, 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 but so it has to be communication must be. No, 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 no. We are not saying that we should hide. Inf we're not saying we should hide bad information. We're not saying we should hide bad incidents. For example, the security threats, or something will occur. But how do we communicate in in such a way that does not create alarmism uh, and uh, and fear? Mm. Uh, just the same thing we do with the policy. You remember two three months ago, our parliament almost you can see almost from nowhere we passed the anti anti homosexuality law. I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I said, I, no, no, I said, I said uh, almost from no, nowhere. Not that all of us on this table, I don't know anybody who supports uh, homosexuality on this table. But when we're debating that law, it seems yeah, we, 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 did not, we, we did not mind about the repercussions. So that when we are debating and we pass, how do we convince, how do we persuade the other constituencies that we are right? And we don't intend to do blanket harm. Yes, uh, and you can mm. see what we are now reaping. Yes, so. let's go back to presidential <laughs> address. Uh, Dr. Yusuf uh, Serunkuma. You know, uh, I think this also has to be said, uh, in addition to what OO and Katesha have said, I think this also has to be said. Uh, first of all, I need to emphasize that in a while Katesh disagrees that it has not, no connection whatsoever with the possibility that uh, the NUP president might be bad from touring Kampala uh, and nearer parts of Buganda, 
nearer to the uh, capital city, I think it has to be said that it's possible that you know securitization of politics is a common feature in our country. So you securitize uh, political processes to stop them from happening. But but bombs have been found. Uh, yeah, I, I speak like somebody who lives here, who wasn't born yesterday, uh, who has a sense of history. Because you see, we've lost track of, of how many uh, terror threats we've had. And, and as a Muslim, I also need to say this, that every time we uh, either a terror threat happens, a, a, a terrorist act happens, or the, the threat, Muslims have to scamper for their lives because they're picked for no reason and thrown in jails and they never appear. In, in court for trial so as, as somebody who has a sense of history I think this has to be said that we have so much securitized our politics and every time there's a terror threat uh, being announced so prominently as the uh, government spokespeople are doing something else is going on and and the nature of government that we have is a nature is a government which thrives on denying the public information so we don't know enough what is happening and as you can imagine from the two uh NRM persons who have spoken already they are they are not happy that you know information comes out to the public so i think those are the two points i'll take but also listening to the president yesterday the other day are you complaining about facts being given to the public and i think that's that's bothersome oscar when the president spoke yesterday he he didn't say anything significant besides reminding the public to be vigilant which we have always done and and when i listen to members of the catholic the religious faith the religions respond they actually appeal to the government to help them because you know he sounded as if he was telling them to you are on your own you know i listened to this uh the the member of the catholic faith and somebody from uh i think dr dr muhammad chigundu who speaks for chibuli was speaking and, and there were open appeals, but we need your help. Uh, somehow they seem to have understood the president has to say, you are on your own. So when you say, you know, he said significant things, I don't know what he said. Uh, that is significant because, you know, if there's an actual terror threat and the government is responding, you would expect a couple of things to happen, you know. Uh, from the usual thing that we know that, you know, uh, as, uh, 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 what are these big, big vehicles called? Stationed at Kaleri, stationed at major entry points of Kampala. The, this remains the status quo. Uh, so the terror threat has been announced, but we're not seeing anything significant as, as ways of responding to what is possibly going to happen. That goes back to the point I raised, I raised at the very beginning, that possibly we are securitizing our politics. Mm. Mm. Honorable Samuel uh, Yusuf, and uh, is adopting your words of um, uh, we, you are on your own. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, not mine. Yeah, I'm saving his words. I am going to do. Let him enjoy his sumbusa <laughs> first. <laughs> Go on. Uh, and Lydia. Uh, Honorable the, Samuel. The, <coughs> the president outlined. Uh, measures nearly all of them old measures in an address a security address to the country <coughs> the fact that the president addressed the country tells you that things uh, 
are not or they shouldn't be taken as uh, as right along the way i think either the president or his handlers realized that actually this sort of information has a big impact on the economy and now they want to walk back on some of the, the and that's why Fono Pondo is very angry with the Enanga and Onyango that they are alarming the situation. I don't think there can be anything as alarming as a, a presidential address on a matter where this day they were supposed to do it by law that when the president is speaking all radio stations and TV must give him airtime. So he was speaking to everybody whether you were willing or not because the radio station that we were listening to had to switch to Nakasero. And he said the uh, lodges and hotels just are people who are reporting. Even taxis. That taxis now will need to register people who are entering taxis. I don't know where that, that will happen and buses. Uh, and, and, and so on. And then the vigilance the markets etc. <clears throat> I saw in some areas uh, after that address uh, unusually um, they were now checking everybody entering so Ofono Pono I think uh, those that you are gathering to teach how to communicate I think the president should be on the list because his address was also alarming the nation and uh, alarming everybody so I hope when you get the information officers it's not a it's not a nanga and a, and a, and Onyang, but the president himself. Um, <clears throat> to Oscar, we had COVID here, Rio. It killed people. I told the story of my mother and how she survived. But Mr. M7 also took advantage. And that's why at one time I said uh, to he clamped down on all the opposition activities in my own constituency. People were gathering. You remember the debate that we had during covid while Mr. M7 was allowing Owino, on, on a normal day you will have nearly 100,000 people around Owino and in Owino. So Mr. M7 will allow 100,000 people to correct and uh, transact business in Owino. And then they are running after a political meeting of 200 people. I spent the whole campaign uh, running. You are, because you had known the efficiency of Ugandan security forces can allow you to do a lot of work. Because when they are dispatching vehicles with tear gas, either there will be no fuel or tear gas will be at Chira Road. Or so my meeting used to be for a very short time. But before they arrive, I have finished. I'm going for another meeting. But the point is, the moment you seek to exploit tragedies, people will stop believing you, even when you are saying something real. So that you allow tax park, you allow, we know, you allow everybody to transact the business, but COVID will spread because the meeting is political. So that's why the, the, this fear exists, uh, Katesh. It's not that we are, we are the ones who are politicizing. It is the conduct of those who hold power in Uganda that we are questioning. Remember when we had COVID, Mr. M7, this is how we used to behave. Stopping meetings, but also allowing business because you want to pick money to run the state. So we don't want a, because even as I speak to you today, business in Kampala is, is going on normally. Uh, people in tax park are, are there. People, you know, we know are there. I now wait to hear either Ofono or Enanga or Museveni himself 
saying that please we don't want congestion no rallies in Kampala I am waiting mm -hmm. I am waiting because the same people are gathering for different activities for funeral for everything else so politics so would you say would you say that uh, General Kulaije hinted on it he did and you can see the build up first Kulaije issues a letter saying uh, you people who are putting on a military beret then uh, another statement now bombs and uh, <coughs> I, I said and I want to repeat first terrorism is real but also terrorism is avoidable part of the reason we are aware we are is because Museveni wants to be part of the international coalition against terrorism there are countries when they are assembling forces to go to Somalia that said no Tanzania was one of them we don't want to be involved in this American war. I was telling you upon when on TV station. These Americans who went around assembling Mujahideen to go and fight Russia, they have no moral authority to speak about terrorism. And the way they contradict themselves, you remember Trump banning Muslim people from Muslim countries uh, going to the US. And then he was asked, but on the list of those who threw those who uh, those who are behind the 1911 tragedy in the US the entire list had Saudis you are not burning Saudi you are burning other countries I, I had Museveni speak about Afghanistan I want anyone to tell me if there has ever been a terrorist attack where uh, Afghans are involved outside their country just one incident and then Museveni was the Afghans, the Pakistani, the what? In their own countries, they have their own issues. But they have not exported their own issues elsewhere. So this contradiction, um, and, 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 and first of all, in, in communication, but also in the way of conducting the war on terrorism, even by the international actors. And that's where M7 has found himself and has put Uganda. Because you've not seen terrorists go to Scandinavian countries. They are not involved. They don't go and... And, and, and interfere in, in, in internal runnings of other countries. But for you, if you want to interfere, people who are in Libya fighting Gaddafi, they are Mujahideens. That's why immediately Gaddafi is overthrown, they go to attack American embassy. But because the Gaddafi was the target, they had to support them. People are fighting Bashar al-Assad in, in Syria. We are Mujahideen being supported by America. Then they say, no, 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 we, we should not now allow them to capture power because they are going to Jordan the next day. So this contradiction of the international actors and of Museveni himself uh, and Museveni by the way doesn't like Muslims. You can pretend about it but his history is known to us. So therefore for me Oscar even when the threat is real the messenger is not trusted. So you are not sure whether this time he says it because uh, of the country or because of his politics or because of seeking the international attention, because there is also some money that comes his way when he profiles himself as the key fighter against terrorism in the region. So I, I, I am trying to understand whether this time, first of all, the level of efficiency, all the bombs were discovered immediately and picked. Uh, even congregation continued at, at one of the scenes where the, there is a bomb. This level of efficiency by the Ugandan security of seeing a bomb and pick it and then life goes on. In fact, some people who are at that congregation may not even have noticed that there was a bomb. 
And mind you, this is the last uh, comment I make on this, Oscar. The time of fighting uh, uh, ADF at the beginning, there were bombs in Kampala. I was still working at Mont. Tumukunde, who was at CMY and later at ISO, with his treasurer, Colonel Mujenyi, later Brigade and Major General, they were receiving 600 million shillings per week. Immediately after that operation, Colonel Mujenyi became one of the richest UPDF officers buying markets, by constructing houses in Kampala. So uh, I keep asking the relationship between his wealth and, and, and fighting terrorism. Mm. Even to Mukunde, <laughs> part of his problem was his wealth. One time he went to buy cattle from a market and he was buying everything. So therefore, the, 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 the actors, uh, people who are in security, security is also an enterprise for them. They will use every advantage to, to, to frighten the country, but also frighten their supervisor. If he doesn't want to give them money, then they will say bombs have started in Kampala. So you take their message before I, I, I quarrel with the Nanga and, uh, and, uh, and Onyang. Mm. All of them, all of them collectively are people who you believe at your own risk. Yeah. Well, as you say, you're a journalist because some things are, seem unbelievable. Welcome uh, to gang, Honorable Lydia Wanyoto. Welcome to gang, uh, Honorable Katuntu. Uh, both are wearing uh, quite fancy shirts. Um, <laughs> especially Katuntu. Now, why are you profiling that especially? Why are you feeling jealous? This is Katesha's problems. looks like It should be especially me. Why? This Katesha's issues. He has of my hair. Thank you very much. My shirt is very nice. Thank you, Osama. To our listeners and to. Having worked in Somalia, these threats, you take them seriously. Good morning to our listeners, colleagues at the gang, especially Kateshi. First of all, I would like to congratulate Honorable Abdul Katuntu. Who else here? And the Vasoga community uh <laughs> the washaba zinga for uh, <laughs> for unveiling the name might sound the word is unveiling to to us the incoming in event to the the queen the queen of of soga of the chabazinga i want to congratulate you but also i'm excited that, that uh, the chabazinga has gotten himself a very spouse and uh, really beautiful and it was neat the way it was communicated the way it was arranged i was very very it was admirable so congratulations colleagues at the gang on behalf of the wider basoga community both here and abroad because you also have a big Thank diaspora then also um yesterday i was at kololo independence grounds to witness and support uh, the Bazukuru, the young NRM supporters who organized um, the, the, the remembrance of the struggle at Katonga many years ago and also in line with the commemorating or appreciating the life God has given to His Excellency President William Seveni at 79. So I congratulate them. I, I, I just was a witness and a good well-wisher. 
I also represented the being brother or or Izanu asked me personally to represent him and I did not uh miss that opportunity because he's my elder mentor. Uh we are having uh, elections in Hoima. NRM has a candidate called Mogisha. Hopefully we should be able to to win the oil city so that the NRM manifesto going forward can be implemented without a lot of, of hurdles. On issues terrorism um I, I I agree with uh, what some of my colleagues have said here that the way we communicate has actually direct impact to business and e and and the economy because nobody wants to go to an unstable environment. People are always checking; they are checking uh, on the websites on the what how the situation is beyond the weather because we have a very good weather. But people always look out for weather and for weather or not. The disturbity. I can promise you that there are very few flights of tourists going to West Africa, because the the, the world over knows that West Africa is very unstable. Even just the neighbors, leave alone the actual countries that are having problems. So Ecowas is out there crying because they are paying a price for having some neighbors who are not stable, who are taking over government, and the internal conflicts also speed over in terms of messaging and communication. The, the, the world is a small global village, so it affects us. So for us, communicating, the balance between alerting people and uh, securing the country out of terrorism is a delicate one, and therefore communication should have that in mind, that you are balancing um, the economy, business of the country, the day-to-day -day work of the country, but also securing the country, but also the very complex nature of terrorism. Because terrorism, you don't, not, you don't have an enemy on the other side where OO is seated and where I am. There is no line. You can be said next to Kumahia when, without knowing, he entered here with a bomb, you know? Uh, to, 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 even, even without knowing, because it can be clamped onto, it, 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 it can be clamped onto, it can be clamped onto Serunkuma. It is easier because now he has a jacket, he has a shirt inside and he has a jacket. So on his jacket, on his jacket, they can clamp something and, uh, and, and then when he's seated just next to me, we all get blown up. So th these cells that are these these cells that uh, these cells that are are recruited and trained within families, within the communities. It's a more complex uh, security threat to deal with than the conventional enemy on the other side. I just mentioned the OO on the other side of OO. Then I also mentioned you, my neighbor, but you have taken the offense, so I've withdrawn. <laughs> I have withdrawn. Uh, so, so in conclusion, so so the I think should that be taken um, seriously. yeah, but before the president came in to give a national press address, which rightly so because he's the chief, the he's the commander in chief, but also the president of Uganda, and he appreciates all these matters. I think that the. Um, Security agencies, whether it's police, um, UPDF, or even uh, ISO, they, they, they should do have a conversation, even with the OOs, because 
OO is the, the spokesperson of government and security matters are really government uh, mandate. Mm. So they should sit together like now he's and you know now it, it shouldn't be post mortem. It should be pre so that they agree on the messaging and then OO can roll it out from the side of the civilian government and then the others can also roll out in the uniform so that we have a, a message that is uniform, that is informed and that is uh, very straight and forward so that we do not have situations where now we want to appreciate the tone and the voice of the commander-in-chief when he has so many uh, people that work under it. So I think what OO is doing is the right thing, but it should in the next time come before this announcement. Even when there has been an artillery alert, they should meet first and say now how do we, we've, we have uh, torn down this, we have ambushed, uh, we have cleaned it up. Then move going forward, how do we communicate to the public to be more alert, to be vigilant, to be cautious? Uh, <coughs> okay. Whom would you sit mm. next to in a in a in a congregation? Serum Kuma or Katesh. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Lydia. So that, 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 that's my yes. contribution. Let's to, go to, to Abdul. Um, uh, we'll come back from all these places you've been, Abdul. Um, thinking about the shirt, um, who, who bought this one now? Uh, I did. The parliamentary seller and Maybe I may not have the test. <laughs> Thank I, you very much. I'm happy to be back home. Uh, Oscar, first of all, I've not had the benefit of, uh, I wasn't around, so I didn't listen to the president's speech. I'm just picking some highlights from this table. Mm. But uh, I have to hazard this sort of explanation. Terrorism in itself is a very, very serious issue. Uh, and, and Ugandans have, ha have been victim of international terrorism. You remember the famous World Cup final bombings where we lost tens of, of folks who were having fun at the World Cup. So when you see anybody who vulgarizes terrorism, when you see anybody who goes ahead and politicizes terrorism, I think he's a terrorist himself. You know, when you were processing the Anti-Terrorism Act, Anti-Terrorism Act uh, in the Legal Parliamentary Affairs Committee at that time, the, the Honorable Elia Katega was the Minister of Internal Affairs and is the one who was uh, in charge of that bill. You know, at the time when ministers were real ministers, because we had a thorough discussion. <laughs> and, you know, you would even consider to amendment in the committee. Say, no, no, let's change this one, so on. He didn't need to take instructions from anybody and so on. We, 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 we canvassed this sort of topic and said, okay, how are, are we you, are not... Are you saying you are, you are a friend of Tafira, who is now the Minister of Internal Affairs, he takes has to take instructions from elsewhere before you consider Dr. Tafira is an Ekategaya. Yeah, Otafide is a category. <laughs> He'll do what he thinks is correct, he, and he doesn't mind whatever others think. Yeah. But there are not many Otafides these days anyway. That's the <coughs> point I was trying to make. Otafide, in yeah. some respect. <laughs> to say he's a category, I, I protest me, me, in me, some respect. Majorly. Of course, he cannot be <laughs> the totally category, but majorly. Uh, on, on some issues, yeah. he could be a real category. So w we discuss this thing and say, can you assure us that this law is not going to be used for political purposes? And, and 
he tried to address all those provisions in the bureau at that time where we had worries and so on. So when I hear voices say, oh, you know, this thing is being, at the timing is because of this, I go back to that process when we are enacting the bill and my worries and concern at that time that somehow some, I would call them bad, bad mannered people and patriotic would want to politicize a thing like a terrorism. It's very, very dangerous to, to the population. It's very dangerous to our country. And that means even those who may want to use it to achieve other purposes. So I, I really, really would pray to whoever is concerned that keep politics out of this. If you want to do politics, please do politics. There is not, nothing wrong with it. But don't do, use terrorism as a political tool. It's wrong. It's wrong. Because by the time you realize you'll be hit, and you'll be hit very hard, uh, Oscar. Uh, having said that, I, I had my, my blazer here talking about, you know, you know, Enanga, you know, these guys are doing maybe even a professional communication. But now, when you bring in OO, OO is not doing a professional communication. He's now doing a political communication. He's, he's saying, oh, yes, it is, it is a true there is a terrorism, but how can we package it? And that is also wrong. You need to tell the people that actually it is real. And me, if you are to ask my opinion, as I flew in uh, the other day here, I was like going to a place where I need to take care, extra care, because anything can happen. So if you send a, a, sig a, a different signal to the population that, by the way, people are talking about terrorism, but it is okay. Just uh, go, go by your normal duties. There is nothing wrong. So that is also wrong. You must tell the people the nature of the threat and the extent of the threat. And if you are, for example, manning a public place, make sure that whoever comes in is known. Whoever comes in is searched. Uh, and you must know him whether he's even authorized to enter that particular premises. So the communication is very important, but don't try to romanticize about it. Say, no, no, we, we are in charge. You can't say we are in charge. And the other day, I think it's like six weeks ago, how many girls were, how many kids were massacred in, in Kasese? Yet we are saying we are in charge. So to the relatives of those departed younger ones, you can't tell them that, no, you are in charge. So the nature of, the, of, of terrorism, we know it. It is a global threat everywhere. It is there in West Africa. You go to any country, you, you will find that people are taking precaution. So we need to do that, Oscar. And please keep politics out of this. Either you as government or even the opposition. Both of you get the politics out of it. Uh-oh. Yes, just <coughs> quick. He comes back. Usually, security people classify threats. You hear uh, class Classified one, class this. <coughs> so maybe you need to help us this time. Which class is it? Well, that's why I'm saying the operational people leading this, the police and the army, need to do that classification in their communication so that the average listener is comforted that you have given sufficient factual information but also you are not alarming them scaring them from doing going about day-to-day -day activities because otherwise even the scares people will use scares to suppress activities in uganda 
But I just wanted to respond to four things that uh, the table raised. You are on your own. You may be walking there alone without a policeman trailing you, but I can guarantee you that the watchful eye of the state is the one that's protecting you. They neutralize. They, they don't have to come to you to say, Serunkuma, we nipped somebody who wanted to snatch your bag. Because that will scare you. But they suppress many threats without communicating to you on a day-to-day -day basis. So these religious leaders, cultural leaders, I'm sure you know, some of them, you see them with the, with the military people. You are not the one offering them. It is the state of Uganda. Even these opposition people. Uh, some, it, it has nothing to do with the security threat. Some of them, of course, it is purely show Some of them, of course, in showbiz. Yeah. Some of them in status. Now, my brother says, nope. I said earlier on, the Americans were the first to issue a terror alert, followed by the British. Were they also threatening? Chagulanyi's or Nupu's rally in impending rallies because the Americans are the ones who issued first and then the British. Did they want Chagulanyi's <coughs> programs to go on? So please disabuse yourself of the cheap uh, the, the, the discussion. Two, in Uganda generally, why we have formal security architecture? Our posture as a country for a long, long, long time, is popular intelligence. Let it be there in the communities. Let the police be the second tier. That's how we run the security, because we are not in position to have a policeman at everybody's door. So popular mm. intelligence is what helps us, and has served us well. Honorable Samuji says the president didn't say anything new. The president recapitulated what has served us well. You go goes the, to the Quran, you read. I don't think you revise the verses every day. You repeat the same thing. The churches repeat the same message. Even when people have understood, but you repeat them because it's, uh, it has served us. has served the community, society well. The Quran was revealed once. So the prophet is not there reminding us no. the Quran every day. Yeah, yeah, but but, but, but he's the, the agents, the agents <laughs> of the prophet. I, I now read on my no, own. No, the prophets, so the, 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 the agents, no, the, the agents of the prophets are here. Can you restrict yourself <laughs> to, 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 to paganism? <laughs> now, you say taxes and so on. No, I said, and the prince said, as far as practicable, every area has its own peculiar SOPs. Or we know will have its own SOP, special operating standard operating procedures. <coughs> Your house will have its own SOP. Our office will have its own uh, SOP. What you do in your house is not what I do in my house, and we so do, and so forth. We do the same yes, no, 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 no. You, <laughs> you and I, as politicians, most likely <laughs> we don't close our gates. <laughs> we don't close our gates. Because we think that if we close the gates, potential voters, potential supporters will, will. So every area has its own SOPs. And that's mm. why the president left it, said, look, Owena market, Nakasura market, a taxi. Do things differently, but aiming at the same uh, goal. Then uh, nobody is denying, we have never denied, that people can take advantage 
of insecure situation or insecure situation to make money. Mm. Yes, they, they may inflate the budget, they may try to elbow each other, and so on and so forth. It is the duty of the different arms of the state. That's why there is counterintelligence. Was to Mukundi and the person you mentioned, were they Mujeni. doing uh, Mujeni? Yeah. There was counterintelligence, and probably that's why they were eventually removed. You remember the issues of northern Uganda where people were making money inflating the, the number of soldiers and the war was not ending. We did conduct there an operation, many people didn't know, we called it Operation Nakayenga, which unearthed way back in 97-98 that in that division, when we went paying physically, the soldiers were on the ground. In one month, they returned 400 million shillings for salary. So yes, there are people who will make money. Americans today are making money, the industrial com military industrial complex. They are selling arms all over the world, including in, Uk in Ukraine. They are making money out of that conflict. So you are not going to deny people, we are not going to deny that people may not try to take advantage. But the counterintelligence system of government should be able to detect and nip them in the bud and where possible, make them to account through the legal processes. In the world, Tony Blair admitted eventually that, that they sexed up intelligence about weapons of mass destruction. What is the word you mean? Sexing up. Yes, that's what they said. In the House of Commons, that's what they admitted on the floor of the, the House of Commons. And even in the UN, eventually Colin Powell, Joint Chief of Staff of, the, of, the, of, the, of America, said we were misled. And so and so, but that is now. And even here, yes, even here, it is it is possible for somebody, some people, to mislead the president as the final consumer of intelligence. It is possible. It has happened before. I mean, we said on another show, we have had cases here where eventually we discovered that people were framed, or intelligence was not adequate. Facts. People go up to prostitution. And at the end of the day, sometimes mm. they drop a case and there is no experience. Sometimes oh, it is oh, even, oh, yeah, sometimes yeah. it's even embarrassing. Yes. So mm. it is possible for some people within the state of them our, 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 our solace should be that there are different layers mm. of government that will detect along the way. If it fails at investigation, if it fails at, a, at, a, at a, the DPP, it will fail at the courts. And there are remedial actions if you were framed, if the if the, the facts didn't add up. The, the, that should be our. Oh, now we are going to talk for a break and close. No, mm. registration at uh, lodges. This is not a new phenomenon. It is actually in good business management. The, 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 this is good business management. How else will you know that your workers did not bring in somebody not sleep in your lodge? They made money, and your workers are, are returning in that there is nobody. Many of our lodges, people don't have as yet CCTVs. Hotel, how to monitor your guests. Hotels world over. Ask world for your over. Passport. That's a standard. So, mm. yeah, so, so, it, it is, so you cannot normal. scare people. Oh, oh yeah. Lodge owners, school owners, business owners. You should be able to have a receipt to know. Actually, these days, it, it is a requirement even of the URA that somebody who is buying something mm. in your shop,
e yeah, e receipt include their email include their telephone number include okay. the, you know Oscar. it would be oh. appropriate if mm. you did that so that oh, no, no, no. Is uh, so, so no, I'm squeezing time hold on you're you still on should, microphone you, you should not take an issue with registration of lodgers in places of accommodation yeah, mm. but, but oh, oh. It's, it's, it's i don't think it is yusuf hold on you just hold on a second yusuf oh also just put this matter to rest yes. what what the boy you know you need to samuju is saying what samuju spelled out that throughout history when we've had bomb scares or actual bombs go off we know who we are behind these bombs we have a sense of history the the on your own you are on your own is spoken from a sense of history oh or maybe you need to know that the bigger terror threat we have in this country is actually local I remember before uh, uh, Afande Felix Kawes was gunned down very violently, he used to come and remind the country, we are very safe. And then he was a victim of the same thing. And then when Susan Magara was being murdered, and I think this remains a very pivotal moment for me, when Susan Magara was murdered, the president, the president appeared several times speaking to the public to say, I have nothing I can do. The president... Mm -hmm. Uh, no the, the father of the 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 the, the father of Susan oh. spoke it spoke in charge and she he said every time they contacted the president or the police force the kidnappers of their daughter spoke to them and said we told you not to do that and you've done that and for the entire time which lasted over 20 days Susan Magara was captured kidnapped tortured and killed and this country could could do anything including with the involvement of the president who only came up to become a death announcer so the bigger threat we have oscar is a local threat it has to be understood when muslims were being murdered in this city we didn't have these terror alerts but they were being murdered women were being murdered in entebbe mm. these are major threats that we faced they are bigger than the external threats that were being communicated so we are speaking from our history so for the president to come right, up and make you, these sir. announcements like let's, let's stop for this a country was born yesterday on the SOPs of uh, security, I, 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 I think Lydia will conclude on because it has ended up so emotive. <laughs> we'll make conclusions on all shows. Not now. No, no. If, if, O-O, <laughs> if O-O takes the mic again, we will not stop. But Honorable Major, why aren't uh, ministers attending? Parliament. So can I conclude? The, no, at the end. Okay, we'll okay. conclude at the end because we don't want to open it up now. Honorable <laughs> <laughs> Samuel, yes. The Speaker of Parliament is frustrated by the minister, absentee ministers uh, in Parliament. Uh, what have the absentee ministers derailed? When you also think about Abdul Katontu is now an absentee himself in Parliament. He's doing parliamentary work. Oh, yeah. okay. But uh, I, I, I thought earlier, mm. I thought earlier I would give the, the explanation when he said the time ministers were ministers, <laughs> and that's the point I raised in Parliament on on Wednesday. When I, Wednesday I didn't realize that's where you're going. Mm. When we resumed, because I asked the Parliament that the presence of the bodies in parliament does not add value. Because on Tuesday, we had two ministers, the honorable, very amiable person, Jesse Muyingo. He brought a statement 
he had been asked to lay in parliament regulations on school fees. A question that his colleague, the Honorable Gwanga, had failed to answer. When they returned to their ministry, they brought the same statement, this time removed the Ogwang and made Muyungo to sign the same statement. He returns to parliament and is embarrassed and eventually is thrown out with his statement. Then you had uh, another Minister of State for Energy, Okasai, the old man. Parliament had asked for a statement on the escalating fuel prices. When he came here, and this is what I told Parliament, that uh, if they give me five minutes, I can go and uh, Google and download the content of his statement. Parliament also... The speaker helped, but who, the statement was thrown out because he was told, you go back and return. So that's I tell the parliament, you see, do we need ministers just to be here and give us company or we want value from them? Because Abdul has told you, and I agree with him entirely, when Tafira appears in the parliament as a minister, he's a minister. He will commit to government whether you like it or not. But there are ministers who are going to look at their shoulders to ask, can I say this guy call so and so call? So... In the main, more than 85% of the ministers are useless. For me, even if they don't attend, I don't care. Because sometimes parliament is like a talk show. You're just speaking to yourself and the public. The but the ministers they also, uh, <coughs> they, because they are not ministers in the real sense, as Abdul said, they, they, they don't see why they should even be asked. There was a minister, I will not say his name here. One time I was telling you when you are doing budget, he says, the speaker is harassing me. Doesn't she know who takes the decision on the budget? That's what the minister was telling me. But they're just harassing me, but they know who takes the decision. <laughs> so <coughs> the, the, the moment you are in, a, in, a, in, a, in that situation, eh? <laughs> you are, I, I, when, when TV asked me, I made the following, and, and, and I can conclude. First, mm. the president has made it very difficult. The Honorable Segona asked the speaker that you have directed all the ministers to come. Does that directive cover Mr. Museveni's wife as well? That's what the Honorable is going to ask the speaker. And this speaker has usually found uh, an escape to say she has written to me. Even uh, on Zoom, the day she was vetted, she was on Zoom and the speaker made sure no question was asked. Said, thank you very much. We are, we are all interested in interacting with you. Bye. That was the vetting of Kataha. But the, the, the main point is that uh, if Kataha has not stepped in parliament, you cannot force any other minister to step there. And the second point I made Kataha is that... are they at uh, the same level? Um, by law, they are at the same level. <coughs> the other one is the first lady. No, no, we are talking about her as a minister for education, not as a first lady. But the point is, Oscar, you, you, lo you lose the authority to harangue anyone because there is one person that you fear. But also the, the other point I made when I was interviewed by TV was that uh, the level of supervision, M7 has diluted public offices. First, you have two speakers, both of them younger in age, but also junior in the rank, in, uh, in the NRM structure. I don't think uh, Otafiri looks at uh, Taewa and Anita Mong as people who can order him around. And then you make matters worse, because at least they have a cabinet that is fully constituted. I told a, a colleague in parliament, there was time on the front bench where you had uh, Wapakawuro, you had Ayuma Zatone Jeno, 
you had Kategaya, uh, you had. So even by looking at them, you, you accord them respect. Kategaya walked to the committee where I would start the committee on, on, on defense and internal affairs to bring that terrorism bill with Sarah Chiinji. The committee stood up, I think it was chaired by Oranya, stood up to receive him. Yet they were not doing the same thing to other ministers. And then as Kategaya being Kategaya, he gave the, he introduced the bill, did, did this and that, and then he said for the rest you can have the Honorable Chiinji, and then he walked away. And nobody found fault in it. Today you have Nabanja. She is the supervisor of, of the ministers. The other day they were calling with Tafiri in the cabinet. Because Tafiri doesn't look at Nabanja as a supervisor. Mm -hmm. So you have the speakers are young. You have some ministers Tafiri cannot, even Jim Mwes. So they, they appear before their juniors who are the presiding officers. They are being supervised by a junior and who is at a level of another DC in terms of intellect. Really, it, it is a cocktail of problems. Uh, and <sighs> the vice right. president never comes to parliament. I think she, I don't know how she became a major, but she was just a recruit yesterday in the hierarchy. Uh, 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 so uh, so <coughs> the, uh, that dilution of, of cabinet, dilution of politics in Uganda, and, and I keep going back. The late Abmayanja told me after independence, they went around the globe looking for Ugandans who can run a government. That's how he left London to go and look for Vidandi in India. In fact, Vidandi was returned before completion of his degree. At that time, as early as 60-something, they were assembling a team of qualified people to come and run a government. Today, for you go and pick a cheerleaders from markets, appoint them as DCs, prime ministers, and then you want the government to deliver. Really, it will be a miracle. I, I, will be the first in the world I, I that can deliver with that sort of human resource. You are the one who asked me <laughs> to explain. So that that human resource can only be effective at Terare. Abdul has added the microphone. At 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 Terare, where you get Nabanya to sing and then Arupo to clap. And but you are running a state lives of forty-five million people. Ofana pana, I please disagree with Samuel. Now I'm asking you to disagree with Samuel. I have uh, said before, I have written. You say you have listened patiently to Samuel. Yes. I think uh, forty percent. Samuel is right. That uh, the leaders we have. <laughs> who come via so you will fail me exam if you are a teacher of via elections are only identified because they have one election and because we want to consolidate those constituencies you give people positions in the executive they have not gone through mentorship even some have gone through mentorship maybe they are incapable of they have been incapable of imbibing what the mentorship was all about. And that brings lack of confidence. Mm. Even when... In I'm the reading law, a message here, yeah, Oo saying, yeah. tell Oo to raise his voice, even though he's saying these things. Yes. I he's think saying a good thing. That's why he has thrown the microphone <laughs> away. That's it. <laughs> the placement, cadre mentorship placement is critical. Because if you have a range of people at the top who don't have by themselves sufficient uh, confidence 
even when their audience gives them the platform, they will not convince that audience that they are capable. Because I want to believe that uh, the speakers of the speakers of parliament have given these ministers sufficient audience. That I think two and a half years, there is no reason why the vice president and the the vice president, the prime minister, and the senior ministers who delegate their junior colleagues should be unable to ensure that if a senior minister is unable, for whatever reason, should delegate their juniors in good time with sufficient information so that they are able to well represent the ministry. In any case, parliament does not ordinarily handle more than 10 matters of ministries. So there is no reason why the Prime Minister together with the Chief Whip and the Line Ministers whose issues are lined up for that day should be absent. So I think there is a lack of command and control from the Prime Minister, the Vice President, the Chief Whip. Because that's how the government is structured. Mm. What is the role of the Chief Whip? That Chief Whip is supposed to whip ministers. These are issues which are coming next week. Yes. I want, yes, I want you to prepare. <laughs> and that's why, partly why, that's partly why they sit in the cabinet on Monday. Because par parliament is beginning to sit. Yes, yeah, parliament is sitting on Tuesday. I expect that, I expect that the chief whip on a daily basis should send, on a Monday or weekend, send to the prime minister. These are the issues that are coming up next week in parliament on Tuesday. Can we sit with minister colleagues after cabinet so that we alert them, they prepare so that they are able to excuse them of any other duties in ministries and they are there mm. for parliament. So I think there's a lack of command and control. Okay. Two, I think many of our ministers are diverted by other issues. Even when matters are prepared for them, you can see a minister on the floor is fumbling and sometimes you ask, <laughs> is this the minister of this docket? Minister fumbling. You know, a minister fumbling. Yeah, just, just, just bring any minister. <laughs> just bring any minister on this show, <coughs> even on the matters of general discussion. Let alone, leave alone policy. General discussion, you will find them wanting. Ask any minister to come and many of them to come and debate with the Semuju. They will run away. They will run away. We had, we had Majesi here. He was very no, I'm competent. Many, many, many okay. no, not many. Mm. You will not find many. The right, messages right, are coming in. Right oh, oh, tell right. Semuju that he forgot Honorable Kasoro, who failed to lay his paper in Parliament yes. this week. Yes. Try, try to then find tell Semuju that even new MPs are comedians in Parliament, yes. like Semuju. No, but you see, but you see, the ministers are supposed to prove that the backbenchers are comedians mm -hmm. by you being present and you're able to carry the day. That's what the minister should okay. do. So, so for, for did, me, did I did Ofono say anything different from what I said? <laughs> so That's why I asked him to disagree yeah, with so, you. So, so, but he uh, said he gave agreed yeah, with you forty yeah, percent. Looks so, like so he agreed sixty percent. So, so, <laughs> so <laughs> the onus is on the leadership yeah. of NRM and the government. The reason we he have, has given you sixty five yeah, percent. Yeah, the, the reason we have that caucus, for example, parliamentary caucus and the cabinet, is that discussions of legislation nature legislation should be exhaustive so that even an average that, member that, of that, the backbench knows mm. the direction 
Thank the you. Tone Katesh, of do you the agree? Government. And they mm. should never plead the. Mm. Uh, they should never, never oh, be found oh, wanting. So, oh. really, I call my colleagues in the front bench. Please stop embarrassing us. Mm. Stop embarrassing the NRM. Stop embarrassing the president. This alibi which Semuju gives for them. Yes. No, yes, this alibi. Semuju keeps giving this alibi because he wants people to say Museven is the problem. I have not known anywhere where Museven has given somebody an appointment letter and says, Don't do your job. Mm. So, you do, do you do your job. If the president wants to restrain you, you let him restrain you. Let him put it in writing. Because we know when the president wants to restrain you, he will even put it in writing. <coughs> Abdul has given you some of his time. Where somebody and, and says, it, Don't you know no. the Minister of Finance? I think that is simply a lame <laughs> excuse. Yeah. Oh, of course, Abdul has given you some of his time, and now with Semuju, Ria Wodim is, you are agreeing with him 80%. So, but, but, but the eventual, as we say, the back stops with the political authority. <laughs> well, Oscar, my 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 views are not very much different. First of all, we can I even conclude this topic now. <laughs> there, there is another perspective I have. Mm. First of all, it shows that the, the system under the leader of government business has a lot of uh, a lot of work to do because you have a chief whip, and, and sometimes recently when the president was uh, up country on up country visit. I saw some of our colleagues, ministers, with the president, and, and I asked myself, your primary role actually should be in parliament, coordinating business. But you are actually following the president in the field when actually there is nothing for you to do, virtually. So there, there is a need for us. No, they meet in cabinet every, every Monday. So there is, there is a need for, I think... I think the ministers, the system to actually work. One of the reasons Ofono uh, had, had talked about it, you see, there is an issue of confidence. And maybe some people are not properly oriented. Because I have seen ministers, he comes with a statement which have, has actually been handed over to him, maybe like a few hours. Yes. Now, when he starts reading, is not confident about it and then this backbench they are they are just listening they are you and and they are quickly they they, they pounce on you and then they, 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 they everything falls flat so i think the issue is about also confidence being able to read come if it is a statement about about regulations why do we pass laws and you cannot put regulations in place come with statistics people will listen there are ministers who are confident uh, we had the honorable Magezi, Rafael Magezi. You know, he talks, and you feel like he, you know he has he has assured. You know, but the, but uh, that is an issue. Now, the other perspective I want to the other perspective I want to raise is the. You know, it speaks to the wider implementation of some of the issues in different sectors because there are parliamentary resolutions there are reports that were passed there is a budget that is appropriated and the expect activities that are expected to be done now when the ministry is not properly implementing the programs as funded by the budget or responding to issues like disasters then it gives rise to a lot of questions and issues in parliament and of ad hoc nature. So the minister comes, he has to answer Katonga, 
he has to answer why the road fund money is, is not being uh, properly utilized. So many things. And, and for me, it speaks to perhaps the need for us to have for our cabinet to have serious KPIs so that the minister has a monitoring you know, dashboard on what is supposed to be done in a year so that if anything comes up in parliament, he's confident to come out and say, this is what we are doing or this is what we have reached. But what happens is that there will always be an issue in works. Now rains have started. You are going to start seeing a honorable Echeru being fired questions. Then he promises, I will go to this constituency, I will go to this, when he can act, not actually not <coughs> do it. Then people come back with the, the previous report, recommendations that have not been done. So I think the back stops with the cabinet. Mm. And uh, for us, yes, the cabinet has got a, a, a leader. For us, as 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 uh, yes, for us as NRM, we, we don't want to see our ministers, you know, lose it on the floor. Sometimes it's very embarrassing, but you can't help. We also have to restrain ourselves sometimes to ask questions. You know, same with you there. You will. <laughs> You want to ask a question, but you fear to ask it. No, you, it will you, open. because you know that there will be no, there will be no <laughs> like answer. Ten years no. of ARV. But, but I think it is not too late. Mm. It is not too late. What I would say is that if the Prime Minister, uh, together with the senior ministers, there is... Yes, he, I'm talking about the Prime Minister, Samuel not the person. Someone here is telling me again, tell him to raise his voice. Yes. Whenever they are speaking these things, the voice goes down. Yeah. No, what, what I'm saying <laughs> is that... It, it, you can understand. The Prime Minister is the leader of government business. So I believe that she has it in her powers, maybe following Call on this, the following this to incident, to be able to... And they had come up with a roster... Mm. and uh, agreed with the speaker. So I still have the Hope. confidence that okay. the, this problem Thank will you, Katesh. Let's stop for a break. Welcome back to the Capital Gang. Uh, Honorable, uh, let's finish with these MPs. Honorable Katuntu. Why aren't ministers coming to Parliament? And I think you should do the remarking of oh, oh, from his submission. It is possible that uh, he gave um, he gave uh, Semuju like eighty percent. Uh, Twitter uh, Opili Elijah says uh, it is this is a rare uh, experience for oh, oh, to express an honest opinion. He doesn't no, know. If, oh, you oh. To, if you want a student to excel, you give you undermark him. That's why I undermark <laughs> <laughs> the, the mock. The mock. So the mock. So that he improves. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, ministers in parliament, a speaker frustrated. Yes, yes. Uh, first of all, uh, I think it's also unfair to say that. Uh, this situation has only happened now. Uh, even previously, we've had the same situation before. And it has always taken the leadership of parliament to raise their voices. But what is happening today is you have a genuine asha in the government. And matters are not helped so much by the leadership. 
I, I, I was imagining as my colleagues were submitting here, the reign of, if that could have happened when Professor Svab was Prime Minister, if that could have happened when the right Honorable Mamababas was Prime Minister, I, I was imagining even the good old Rugunda, uh, I mean, he, he has a way of addressing issues in a little bit politely, but the general respect ministers have for them. It's, it's not possible that a minister would be there and uh, he, he doesn't know what to do and so on. He'll first of all get embarrassed when he's submitting before he's a prime minister. And I can't imagine a mama and baba's, a mama and baba's right honorable listening to some crap. He would say, uh, maybe use the uh, the word the behavior would reflect the words of uh, of Jeno Kasirie Gwanga. <laughs> you say just cut that, cut the crap. He would just say, okay, okay, okay. I have listened, but let me take it up myself on the floor. He would read there and then embarrass these sort of uh, characters we are looking at today as ministers. So it's a big problem. It's a big national problem, but also, also. I hope I don't get in trouble with many of my colleagues, too. It is not about the front bench. Mm. There's a little bit of a problem with the back bench, too. <coughs> if you are to listen to the arguments that go on the floor, they are maybe not different from those always talking about of ministers fumbling with the, with, with the statements. Colleague rises up and, -la 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 -la, like you are saying, oh, what is he saying? You know, <laughs> oh, oh, how will uh, an orphan Pondo who is watching television make of us? And they are very, you guys, are, you jump on it. MPs are like this. MP, because you've picked one, one MP who has come, really, because he wants to say something, not because he has something to say, but he wants to say something. I, I, I ought to be on the house. I ought to be seen and so on. So... Mm. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so that, that, that is the crisis we have. And I'm telling you, it's a, it's a general malaise. It's, it's some inertia. And, and it, it's also, the by the way, this is not a small matter. You, you may think it's about this minister, but it talks more about our politics. And the guys who are coming in as active politicians <coughs> seeking elective <coughs> office, uh, you, you know. Say, 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 say no, I'm saving that one for Yusuf. Uh, no, you may put it again crudely. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I sort of want to get it away so that I package the problem so that the country knows there is a problem. Not in the, <laughs> not in the terms of use. I, I think you said it right. <laughs> <laughs> because today, but, but let me have Lydia first and then I'll come to you. So. Uh, no, 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 no. Let me have, <laughs> let me have Lydia first and then you. It's the quality of politics. You see, mm. the, these are elective positions. So, if if that is the reflection of our country, because that's how people get to parliament, it starts from the community. We need to have people that go out there and sensitize the community on who the face of your community should look like. And uh, I know, because I've been in many areas campaigning and in the many by-elections, there are zones in our country where retired people 
or elders have a big say in who becomes a leader, the face of the community. Because when you remember parliament, you are the face of your community and ultimately the face of the country. Because you, are, you travel like Abdu Katuntu here or Semuju to represent the people of the country as a representative on many fora. So until we go back to that, because you, 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 you've just said here that when 1986, when government, a new government came to power, people traveled because there was that bar, there was a bar to say to be this level. Actually, the president himself brought some senior citizens from Tanzania to come and uh, train people, orient people on how government is run. So we, we got people here from Tanzania. We got so it's not too late. If if we realize that I think we are, we are discussing cabinet, which is selected. I've talked about representation. No 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 no. Mm. This matter we are talking about a cabinet which is selected and appointed by the president. But also, the constitution mandates gives the president to select from outside, even if the, the people, even if the people are the, uh, chosen, uh, voted chaffs, the president <laughs> goes out of, of that and can bring, and indeed in this cabinet, he has close to 26 ex-officials. So those that are not committed to populism constituencies. And, and how are they? As performers. Yes. Those brought out Back to you, Lydia. Mm. Well, I agree, but you see, you forget. I, I began by saying that let's do a reflection from the communities where we come from and what is trending and how we can get back to how the processes started in 1986. Now, if, if, if uh, Oscar, if I can mm. be listened to, mm. if I have been nominated as ex officio to serve government, but everybody around me. The, the, I am one and the 90 have uh, work methods of the environment, you'll be swallowed up. So I think that we need to go back to the basics and say this is the standard on how government works. This is the standard on how the <coughs> legislature <coughs> operates. And mm. uh, you are now mentioning, of course in my mind I have people like Ben Watcher. I mean you would never call Ben Watcher to to do for you a close because he's leading a committee of legal. But these days people get calls whether to run a land transaction, a minister, or to sell an insurance degree, they are repairing this government, give me this deal. Minister, you make a phone call and the minister picks to listen to your deal? That was never the case. So I think that um, now that this, is, this debate is important to those that care to listen, so that communities begin now putting their best foot so that we have people we admire. I mean, everybody admires what Benny Wacha did in Parliament. I mean, look, look at the Honorable Dan O'Gall. I have those in mind who are quick. The Winnie Animas, really, for women. They would stand out and speak, but that was the time. You now, behind them, far uh, the media, it's far back, but we are, we are talking where did the rain start beating us? So, where did the government start doing? Because it has not been bad all the way. I think I mean, along the way, and some are talking about either in Nasha, but in Nasha, every five years we elect government, you see? No. We elect government, and mm. and, 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 and Abdu, uh, out of, uh, out of uh, the so many members of parliament, now you are 560 something? 52. To 52. But out of those, I think like uh, maybe 60% are 
don't make it. So you have many new people coming in. I'm going back to the community. They change people, but what type of people do they change to come and elect? And uh, oh, oh, yes, the mosaic can appoint 26 people or whatever, but we under so many considerations. Maybe competence is one of them or performance. Mm. But majority of them are also members okay. of parliament. They are members of parliament who come from the community. They are the face of the community where we come from. Watch, watch the way forward. If we want to raise the bar, of governance of our country there must be a campaign on who should be minister or on who should be member of parliament and back so that the people elect in line but our politics has been so commercialized the other day i was laughing when the president met nrm mps from kampala and he said they should not use money for politics Personal money for politics. I don't know what is not personal. In the politics, what is not personal? So you know, this is this is the whole debate. We should discuss this debate and see what is the reality on the ground and what is ideal. We have not well, been was with he the ideal. Out money at the time. In the color, no, no, no. The the the, the flag bearers of Kampala, of NRM, I think many of them uh, used a lot of personal resources. But also, you know that we many do not win in Kampala. So, they, of course, they are struggling. And we, we have these conversations about how to deliver an mm. election. And, and the, the, but the commercialization of our okay. politics also speaks to the quality of people that you get. Anybody that has money can actually get a seat. Yusuf, uh, uh, you've been waiting to Ministers uh, come, come from, from Parliament. And majority. Um, majority. Um, Oscar, uh, about, yes. about, majority. About, uh, I think, four years ago, I was invited to the Rotary Club of Nakasero mm. to go to the microphone. To I was giving a lecture on this question, and I remember the question was then, uh, "What happened to the nature of our politics?" And Oscar, I remember you were in the audience that day, and my paper was titled, uh, "Bad Black is my MP, Bad Black is my next MP for Kampala Woman Seat, and I am okay with it." That was the nature of my talk. And in there, I, I, I spelled out an argument that this, <laughs> uh, that w it's a national condition. I've listened figure. to the speakers here trying to locate at what point did the rain start beating us. And in my talk, I said, I said our time was 1990, 2005, when we passed the Parliament Amend Amendment Act. When, which requires for somebody to stand for a position of parliament has to resign their job three months to nomination day and then you spend the months of election, which is three, without employment. And I said 15 years down the road, we were now harnessing the fruits of that amendment. Because what it means is that people who have entered public service or jobs such as even Dale Montabari requires the same, like sort of, uh, entities which work closely with government, they are put in a position to choose between livelihood and joining politics. There are unique cases. What I'm spelling out is a general, is a general position. I, that many young people, or even adult folks, are put in a position where you have to choose between livelihood and joining parliament. So, or joining an elective position, which has turned it into a life and death issue. So, if you resign, you have to be guaranteed that you have to, to win. So six months of say, young people between 28 who have just left university, 28, early 30s, you've just gotten married. And then 
you you have to resign this position unless you're a thief like many people who who are in parliament unless you're a thief it's difficult to resign that job did you say like many people are in parliament uh the exceptions whatever i'm saying has exceptions <laughs> unless you are a thief and you've been stealing for you to have the money to run an election three months without a job sustain your family requires so much so this choice has been difficult for so many in 15 years people who campaign for parliament in many cases start nearly two years before no. the last three months is just a uh, finishing yusuf you are being an academic but let, let him Oscar, finish can his I be, academic can I be yes to? go on the 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 choice has become difficult it has become difficult for so many that taking the position, so I'm resigning my job to stand for an elective position, is difficult to do. So, 15 years down the road, we have seen. If you look at the the configure, if you look at the profiles of those in parliament, either they were artists, lawyers. Many of them are lawyers because it's your farm, so you're not resigning. Many of them were unemployed before joining politics. So we have a parliament of hitherto unemployed people, uh, failing business people, lawyers are private farms. So. The, 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 well, well, the exceptions, like one of, one of them is here. So, but you see, the idea of becoming a, a, a lawyer joining politics is that it's your, it's your farm, so you can walk out and come back when you want to. So this is why you have many lawyers in there. So this is the condition mm. we are in. It's a national. Yeah. So when you talk about the court of the MPs and the court of, of ministers, it's a national condition that we've laid the ground for people without jobs, for struggling business people, struggling lawyers, uh, artists, That's hustlers to enter this house. And this is the national condition we're in. So if we start looking back, <coughs> mm. at what point, mm. at what point did the rain start beating us? The BMK says, yeah, uh, uh, Gif says, uh, why should the speaker be disappointed? Uh, Judge Amwami made it clear uh, that he chose fishermen, fisherwomen. Oh, Oscar, point, point number two is this for uh, me. And then CRISPR says, I gave up when uh, ministers walked free with Karamoja iron sheets. Yeah, so Oscar, this is point number two for me, and I think it ties in the Karamoja <laughs> thing. It is that I, I don't want the OOs in Katesh embarrassing their MPs, their ministers. Because these ministers were appointed on clearly cut terms. They were not appointed to do the thing that the OOs and the Akatesh and the Honorable Semji here want, want them to do. Because look at this, uh, Oscar. Every ministry that you have has a duplicate version in State House. So if you talk about the judiciary, there is a duplicate version. If you talk about investment, investors go straight to the president. You talk about agriculture, there is Operation Wealth Creation. So, <laughs> land, you have to go to the president. So, every minister you talk about has a duplicate in state house. The so one the that works. So, the so-called line ministers are fully aware that our mandate is not really to appear in parliament. In fact, they are looking at the speaker and say, what's wrong with this woman? I mean, they think that somebody said, doesn't this woman know where decisions are taken? So, they, they perfectly understand that ours is to eat. So, this is why when Mabat landed on their plate, they quickly took this Mabat. And what they are doing is, you see, the story is told of uh, when, mm. when Moy was president in Kenya. Uh, ministers, many ministers had beds in their offices. So you sleep and wait for a call from State House. When the president calls, you say, okay, so what should I do, sir? And then you execute what the president has called. So when, when you, we are embarrassing them, demanding of them to do things that they know from the appointing authority, were not part of the job. Happens here as well. The... 
<coughs> our final topic i no, i, I thought you are going to i thought abdul i thought he was going to pick up on the uh, undercurrent and the generational issue you see uh well, which 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 is which is the wake up tour um let's begin with you honorable well, the, the generation issue i, I still have uh, an issue with him you don't imagine that you know there is no way these 24 years would become members of parliament these 23 years i, I have my own uh, my own <laughs> opinion about you see romanticizing about age doesn't make sense to me let me tell you why parliament is a place where you should take experience and knowledge you get guys right from school who have no experience in any, any field and you throw them in the house i can tell you they may be brilliant but they may not be value addition to that it's institution <laughs> you you don't just get kindergarten guys because they have just left school i say hey, go to parliament and but, so, but on. so I, that I, one i, I disagree with him uh, the, the, the amendment applies to all elective positions. No, you are the one who raised it. So to me, I thought if I were <coughs> a citizen and I'm like, I'm going to vote my MP, I said, okay, let me look at his profile. What sort of person is he? Where has he worked? What is his academic qualifications and so on? Before you look at if it, what we call a prima facie, just on the face of since, it. Since when did we start doing that? that I said, if it's I were... A no. That is me. <laughs> But, but okay. the problem, this word is not <coughs> about me. It is all about uh, Yusuf. Yusuf, lead us on the on next topic. Abdu, you, you have to understand lead, lead us, that the, uh, the amendment hold on, applies. Hold on, we we'll yeah. discuss that. You know, Chigo Thinkers, we also wrote a paper uh. on where do you find a good leader, having all those things. But lead us on the next one. They wake up tours of Bobby Wine. We've been hinting on them in the last uh, seven minutes that we have um and when abdul was saying you are going to put it crudely i thought you were going to put it crudely but i could assist you ministers are not like uh, uh lydia here who is free to go where she wants so you have ministers who have to make a decision do you go to a birthday party or you don't go to a birthday party do you comment on the wake-up tour or not comment on the wake-up mm -hmm. tour so for you where are you like I, that's why I asked Yusuf. No, but we also want uh, to follow. <laughs> I, I'm not so sure whether he has understood the I, question. I think he wants to uh, me to talk about the Bob Wine tours, which are going, the Bobby Wine going tours on. Or the party. Because they understood and as they the because they understood as, they understood as wake oh. up calls. Okay. Oh, because yeah. we have we had birthday party yesterday in Kololo, uh, and and we have wake up tours, but also the w birthday uh, madness now has caught on. <laughs> From son to father, is <laughs> we used to think that it's parents who would be teaching things, what children, what things to do. Oscar, I'm conflicted on the wake up tours that Bob Wine is, you know, em has embarked on. At two levels, first, I think this country has is really woken up. Uh, if you understand the, so. the NUP wave, the NUP wave was was evidence that the country is is woke. In mm. that perspective, in mm. the sense that you know, whoever had a, uh, an NUP card was voted to parliament, even without people knowing their profiles, because of the promise of the symbol of NUP, who is happened ha that which happens to be Bobby Wine. So I'm conflicted at that level. If you say it's wake up, it's the politics of Tuvalabi uh, say, and I think uh, there's not much Kulavisa after 37 years and counting. I think seven has Kulavisa himself enough. That everybody knows he's a bad man who has to only be taken out. 
So I'm comfortably at that level. And the second... I should tell is, listeners is, that Yusuf is seated right next to Samuel Joe. Is I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what Bobby Wine wants to do with the crowds. Because the original position is that he's in dialogue with MK. He's doing birthdays. And we have now aerial drones taking wonderful pictures. So he also wants to display that I am equally powerful with these crowds. But what I don't know is whether he has use value for those crowds. What he wants to do with them. Because after you've, been, you've exhibited this power, so this being the first outing, I'm wondering if he's the second outing and he has something to do with those crowds. Okay. Because they've often demanded of him to do much more. There's a comedian who, who put out a clip and said, hey, asking what afterwards are you going to do with these crowds? And I wanted to say, if Bobby Wan is listening, that you can actually govern without being in Nakasero. You can actually govern. Because you see, Bob Wan went to Musoga. When Museveni was in Musoga, he said our poverty stinks. <laughs> and I said, if, if you went to Musoga and mobilized a million people and they gave you 1,000 shillings, each one of them, to revive Musoga Cooperative, because the problem there is water Lake Victoria, uh, sugarcane, you have over five. Yeah, I'm just saying you can govern okay. without being in a casero. If you have the cult following that Bob Wayne mm -hmm. has and you, ha you are able to mobilize these crowds, you can actually mobilize them for much more. Thank and you. I think this is what Thank the public, which they, is. They, you know, everyone here is going to say something. Uh, the public, so which is coming around him, is, is looking forward to that. Wake up to him. I think by, by allowing his son to hold the rallies, mm -hmm. the president opened himself up. They don't want Boboin. They don't want Boboin to go and address these crowds. They are now trying to find a reason, which is going to be a bit difficult. And uh, the time I've been in politics, these meetings are very good. Good in a way that first of all, they are going to remind them seven. That guy, where you are, this is what the country think of you and your party. But also for Bobo I know as a party, and that's what FDC used to do at the beginning of every process. You do general mobilization. There are things that happen that never used to happen. I have seen some MPs who were NRM and lost the last elections, in Busoga in particular. They are now joining Chagulani. They are Majegere, Kaluya, and others. General Munt used to ask uh, when we are still together in the FDC that there is something that we haven't done as the opposition to persuade those who are leaving NRM mm. to join us. And said we need to do it. Many constituencies in all the elections and I'm seven, and I'm not saying these are perfect elections. You will have an NRM person but the competitor is also an RM either who has lost primary or who campaigns from seven. And I think that, uh, that is changing. It may not have changed significantly, but it is changing for people to pick courage. And you only get them to do that when they have seen that sort of following. I don't think, for example, in Usoga, where Bob Wayne has been, that there will be a crisis of identifying candidates. There are areas uh, where the opposition has been winning, but even to raise a candidate is very difficult. You go and win. For example, in the last elections, Chagulani defeated him seven in Busoga. Yes. But his party has only one MP out of, I think, 43. Because they did not have confidence at the beginning, which they are picking now. 
So in okay. terms of doing politics, th- these are perfect mm. meetings, and uh, uh, it's going to be a wake-up call. Mm. Well, y- you see, uh, and I want to agree with the Semju that uh, this wave we are seeing today is a provoked wave. It, it is wa- a reaction to what uh, has been happening with the genome hose. When he moved around, forget about Bobby Wine, but then the people were like provoked. Say, By the way, we also here, and that's what, what has happened. For example, in Soga, uh, then Mbali really was so surprised that uh, I was so surprised, but seeing the pictures on on on, on social media and so on. So this is a, a reaction to the Mohos mobilization by the wanaichi mm. and the younger people because it is the new trend and i'm, I'm looking at it like any other uh, political person who see, who is trying to see further that there are some politicians who are now being overtaken by events and now you go back to what uh, yusuf is talking about about the younger people i think the young people whether in the Mohos camp or now in the bobby wine camp has really taken over. So the the time for transition is now. Okay. So what Yusuf, you may not say that look here the Bobby Wine, what is he going to do the 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 crowds? But I can tell you the time for transition has, done has it. arrived. Mm. And it when you are talking is, about ministers, I thought you were hinting on that. Uh, it is but not uh, it cartage. is not you can't mm. return to yeah. Yeah, first of all, first of all, for me, I want to commend uh, to commend government for for actually letting this uh, this you've called them wake up. Wake up. I don't know what I didn't call them. I don't they know call why themselves you, wake up. I don't know why you call them wake up. Wake up from where? But I actually wanted to ask, tell you, or ask you, were you surprised that he started in Barara and that he had a response no, in Barara? I was not surprised because you see. First of all, from an economics perspective, I am happy that the, the, the he has moved around. We've not spent money on security, on mm. tear gas. So from uh, <laughs> from economics, <laughs> it is uh, it is it is very good. Yeah. Number two, I read I uh, read O's article this morning. Uh, they, they, uh, he talked about uh, a vehicle which was following. I think there are people who expected news, and they are disappointed, and so. They will move around. And yeah. the, 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 our colleagues here, uh, Semuju, thinks that NRM, we have no capacity to respond if we decided to move around. I think that I think you are just taking us for granted. Ultimately, when time comes for politicking, because I think you saw what happened in Korea yesterday. Eh? It should be it should give you a signal. I was, I. Yeah, go on. Go on. I, I I went early early morning. Yes, if we don't have time, and so I saw young no people. No heckling. Mm. Walking, so do not think that because uh, there is a mobilization going around by another party, the other parties have no capacity, and so we should be worried. No, we are not worried as okay. any. And Good I point. think for me, we should do, oh, oh. we should applaud and before they throw us out of the studio. Well, I think uh, the new mobilization I said earlier the other week that I think they have been in Indonesia, both in the parliament and outside, mm. and there was there was criticism. Th- that they were taking their families out, they were in the baby shower. I think this is one way to reclaim ground. 
but also to consult yeah they are waking themselves up yes but also to consolidate themselves against fdc which is clearly in disarray mm. because it is not just enough mobilizing they are <laughs> F- harvesting yes fdc is mobilizing for elections and they are disagreeing on on the direction the other day you saw the speaker bashing members of parliament they said 300 i have not done the calculation but that's what they said to 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 teso and you saw that crowd there's a sense in which i see that the same crowds that uh, go to mk the same crowds that go perhaps to seven the same cr- are the same people because the issues are the same what are the issues the youth bulge Mm. people who are ever idle so if if you have somebody coming <laughs> they, they will turn up and look Thank at and, and look at look at where they are the other day mk was in the ginger you saw the crowd uh-huh. when he was in abuke there uh, no yeah. no no Thank you, you. You, you you saw you, you saw the crowd i i, I don't think that in those crowds most likely 60% will I, be the th- thank you yeah, you, you oh, very right. P- people have been cut Let's off. Have a Lydia conclude. Economy. You know, Lydia, oh, is so right. Come, I, the, in, in the last, yes. not the last one, but previously in election, I went to Katuntu's. And uh, what you're saying is very, so going to Katuntu, I first went to an NRM rally, who was, I don't remember, the one who was competing with uh, Katuntu. And then I finished NRM and I came to Katuntu. Same people. Went to the birthplace of his wife in Ntungam. That's where he started. Yeah. If you don't know, that's where he started. Conclusion yeah. and uh, your comments on the topic. <coughs> I, I want to begin with the 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 accountability yeah, issue. <laughs> you know, most all by law, all mm, political parties that have members of parliament. I think they began giving us some semblance of good money in the last financial year. All political parties beginning with NRM, because we can debate the criteria and the law, but the principle is there, that government of Uganda gives political parties that are members of parliament money, using ratio and whatever formula. Now, uh, the problem I had, maybe it's not a problem, the issue I had was accountability. If you say... We are, we are running out of you, time on the you, studio. you get mm. money... And then you do not run activities, no opening offices, no mobilization. Oh. How do you account for that money? So it is good for me to, to say that let political parties like FDC running structures, despite their challenges, let NUP be out there. Personally, I've, I've attended an invitation. Uh, now we are comparing political parties, mobilization, with MOK Barazas. I attend MOK Barazas on invitation, and he's been able to pull crowds to to rally his show but now comparing him again to a political party maybe it's because it's all about people it's all about maybe also the tweets but what i wanted to say is that let's first of all acknowledge that government is giving money to political parties to organize to mm. organize and roll out programs for governance. it is legitimate work so it's legitimate work and okay. i'm happy that mm. the, it is free flowing and that when nrm starts uh, we should we should be appreciating and not saying you know we are polycrates because we are also proud coolers because it's about crowds and about people so we are we are planning the roadmap of of the country the independent mm. electoral commission of Uganda 
has released the roadmap for 2026. Okay, thank so you, thank you. So Fashco should be down, thank out, you, and roll out their Star programs. Thank you, Cafe, for powering the gang. Ooh. Performance was very good this morning. Uh, thank you, gangsters. Of Pardon? The one who consumes the highest amount of mandas should be the one to read the thanking. <laughs> yeah, but that will be your phone upon thanking every day. Thank, thank you, thank you, listeners of Agam. Please follow us on social media platforms. Unfortunately, there's a death announcement. Ambassador Fred Beendeza, uh, Tinder with Deep Sorrow, announces the demise of his wife, uh, Joy Ruremesha Beendeza, which occurred on the 28th of August in the U.S. Uh, Casket arrives Sunday 10th at 10.40 p.m. Vigil will be at his home in Kalinavid in Tinder. Uh, the funeral service will be on the 14th at All Saints Cathedral, Cathedral and burial will be on the same day at 2 p.m. in Seta Missindi Road. Thank you so much for listening to Gang. I am Oscar Semwe Amsoke and I shall see you next week. <laughs>